This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's my pleasure to recognize Ms. Cheney for her opening statement. Thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. And let me if you watch the January 6th committee hearings over the last few weeks, you probably have a favorite Liz Cheney moment. The Republican congresswoman from Wyoming has a way of delivering a sick burn while remaining completely deadpan. In our country, we don't swear an oath to an individual or a political party. We take our oath to defend the United States Constitution. And that oath must mean something. There's a reason why like this was her on the very first day of public hearings. Tonight, I say this to my Republican colleagues who are defending the indefensible. There will come a day when Donald Trump is gone, but your dishonor will remain. I think of Liz Cheney as the January 6th committee's closer. She swoops in to punctuate the most important points her colleagues want to hit. And Donald Trump cannot escape responsibility by being willfully blind. At times, she comes off like a disappointed mom. You get the impression she would send Donald Trump to sulk in his room for the remainder of time, if possible. President Trump is a 76-year-old man. He is not an impressionable child. Just like everyone else in our country, he is responsible for his own actions and his own choices. That's her. She's not afraid. She can be very blunt and and get right to the point. Bob Beck is the news director for Wyoming Public Radio in Cheney's home state. She's definitely disappointed in her fellow Republicans, and nothing she has said on that national stage is any different than she said to myself or other reporters. And, uh, you know, she's willing to take the risk of just going forward with this. Going forward with this brusque approach— it does seem to be working on Twitter and TV. Like a lone ranger riding out of the West, she's one of the few Republicans willing to, daring to stand up to Mr. Trump. Liz Cheney is on the right side of history. But Liz Cheney is up for re-election this year. So Bob Beck says she actually would do well to pay attention to her home turf. How has her performance on the committee been received in Wyoming? Well, it sort of depends on who you are. If you're a conservative Republican, not well. I'm not even sure they're paying that close of attention. I've been told when we've interviewed people about all of this that they're not watching, they're, they don't really care. I saw a poll just came out from the Casper Star Tribune. It found that 60% of Wyoming Republicans who plan to vote say that her service on the January 6th committee makes them less likely to vote for her. So it's almost like a knock on her. Oh, very much. And, you know, it's one of those things that there were people, I think, that were always on the fence about Liz Cheney. There were people that maybe supported her but held their nose a little bit. And, and this has given them an opportunity to go look elsewhere and 
and maybe not support her anymore. Today on the show, who is Liz Cheney performing for? Why the breakout star of the January 6th committee seems to be fizzling out at home. I'm Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Discover. When it comes to your finances, Discover wants you to know they are the credit card that is always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's hard to say if Wyoming ever really loved Liz Cheney. She started her political career there by making a failed attempt to topple a Republican senator. She had more luck in 2016 when she ran for Wyoming's single House seat. The race was crowded, but Cheney had money and name recognition. Even then, though, some still saw Cheney as kind of an outsider and maybe even an opportunist. I, I think that there are people that have better connections with Wyoming as far as living here than she did. You know, there were there are people that use that term carpetbagger all the time. And, uh, you know, I'm not certainly going to label her one way or the other. But uh, I, I do think that there were people that thought she was riding on the coattails of dad and and other things that, that maybe they, they didn't fully embrace her like they have some of our other folks who have been federal officials. People remember probably Liz Cheney's dad, Dick Cheney, who was George W. Bush's vice president and also a Wyoming congressman. How did Liz Cheney pitch herself when she was running for Congress the first time? Yeah, she just, uh, I, I'm, as I recall, it was more along the lines that she would like to uh, bring uh, a conservative brand of politics to the federal level. She thought she was most qualified. She had worked for the State Department. She had certainly observed, uh, you know, federal officials for a very long time in life. So experience was the sell. More or less. I think that's what she played on. And, you know, the dad was always there looming. <laughs> what do you think is the most surprising thing about your dad that folks don't know? That the um, hitch cover on his pickup truck is Darth Vader. <laughs> it is not. Is it really? <laughs> it is. Uh, I, I don't know who put it on. I it's funny because there's this contingent of liberals looking at how she is conducting herself right now during the January 6th committee hearings. And... They're seeing a lot that they like, which makes it kind of easy to forget how conservative Liz Cheney is. Like, how would you characterize her as a politician? Oh, very conservative. It's one of the funniest things you hear. You know, I, I think the stats I saw, she voted with President Trump 93% of the time. She is, uh, you know, there are plenty of people in the Republican Party that have not done the same. So she's very conservative. Um, even on some certain social issues and that sort of thing, very pro-life as an example. But uh, somewhere along the line, <laughs> she's been painted with this uh, other brush just simply because of her opposition to President Trump and her refusal to even consider the fact that the election was stolen. So Liz Cheney 
is very conservative, was part of Republican leadership. When did she become a Republican black sheep? Was it January 6th? Just like really like that day? Yeah. She's not just the second Republican to come out in support of impeachment, but she's also the number three Republican in the House of Representatives. I want to. She blasted Donald Trump. She said this is his fault. She says the president of the United States summoned this mob, assembled the mob, and lit the flames of this attack. Ladies and gentlemen, that's when that started. Yeah, I remember there were rallies against her almost right away, like in January 2021. Representative Matt Gates like went to Wyoming to sort of begin rattling sabers against her. I'll confess to you, this is my first time in Wyoming. I've been here for about an hour, and I feel like I already know the place a lot better than your misguided representative, Liz Cheney. This was after she voted to impeach Donald Trump. And she hadn't voted to impeach Donald Trump the first time. So taking that step was a big deal. It was a huge deal. And uh, yeah, we all remember him coming. And, uh, and then later, things even progressed further. Uh, some of our county Republican parties started to censure her. And eventually that escalated where they decided not to recognize her as a Republican anymore. And a number of the people in the state, including the state Republican Party, had asked that she come and explain herself, and she never did that. That didn't sit well with some people. They literally asked for her to come and explain herself? Very much, yeah. And uh, not that she was going to ever, but that's where we're at. Our Republican Party has a leadership that's extremely conservative and very pro-Donald Trump. And while you might have members of the rank and file that or a little more moderate, uh, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, for the most part, the people running the show these days are, you know, if you cross any lines like that, you're going to get it. And, and that's exactly what, what happened in this case. Yeah, I noticed that the chair of the Wyoming GOP was at the Capitol on January 6th and has said he would run through barbed wire for Trump. Yeah, that's that, and that's kind of a common uh theme around here. There's a number of people, I, I would say that I haven't interviewed all of them, that, but the great majority of the people that I've talked to, uh, and like 98%, I would say, in the leadership of the party do believe the election was stolen. And so when you have that narrative out there and you have your one Congress person uh, saying things differently, well, you're going to be at odds. Yeah. I mean, my understanding is she's had security with her basically since January 6th, like to make sure she's okay when she travels. Correct. I was supposed to interview her in our studio not that long ago and something had come up and she had to cancel, but boy, they were here with security. Uh, on, you know, normally even our governor and people like that, they'll have like a guy come by and just say, where's the interview going to take place? And then he comes in, uh, in this situation, boy, there was a, there was a lot more security than I'd ever seen with a member of our congressional delegation. When was the first sign of trouble for Liz Cheney with voters in Wyoming? Like, when did you begin to feel it? You know, it's funny when this all happened and she was getting censured and that sort of thing, my inclination was she would probably be fine. She would, you know, the people that were running against her were not people that could beat her. And so uh, she was going to have more money than them. And my assumption was that she would 
eventually get back to the state, campaign pretty hard, and and do all the things as necessary to get reelected and talk to the people and and explain as much as you can, take some hard questions and answer them back. You know, that's what I, I sort of anticipated would happen. I started thinking that she might be in a little bit of trouble a few months ago. You know, the, the woman that's running against her is somebody I have dealt with in the past, Harriet Hageman. She's an attorney uh, out of Cheyenne, Wyoming, represents landowners. We've interviewed her on those issues. We She filed a lawsuit uh, that got a lot of statewide attention on her uh, a, a one-time term limits law we had here, and she ran for governor. And as I started to see the money she was starting to get and the appearances she was making while Liz was not making similar appearances, I started to wonder if, if she wouldn't, if this wasn't hurting Liz Cheney. And I, it's been very unusual because of the January 6th commission and some of her duties. I imagine that's part of the reason she hasn't been here. But see, that's just playing right into the Harriet Hageman narrative that she's not here. She's not representing you. And uh, so vote for me and I'll do a better job. And it, it looks to me all of a sudden like that that is sold with a lot of people. After the break, why Cheney's campaign strategy has Bob Beck puzzled. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Coming soon from Slate Podcasts. So first it was Dade County. Voters in the Miami area repealed civil rights for gay people by a two-to-one margin. In the late 1970s, cities around the country began rolling back anti-discrimination laws that protected gay people. And then it was Wichita, St. Paul, Eugene. Successful campaigns against the gay community, which shocked us all. A state senator from California watched the laws fall and saw an opportunity. Homosexuality is a most repulsive lifestyle. His name was John Briggs, and he wanted to deliver the anti-gay movement its biggest prize yet. California realized that they were coming for us. I'm Christina Cotarucci. This season on Slow Burn, we'll explore how a nationwide backlash against gays and lesbians led to a massive showdown in California. Now it's something called Proposition 6, the Briggs Initiative. It would call for firing any teachers in California who practice homosexuality. Your life as you knew it would be destroyed. We've got to fight back. We can't let this happen in California. The Briggs Initiative would be the first statewide vote on gay rights. Gay rights now! Gay rights! With so much at stake, young people became activists. We were all coming out all day long, every day. <laughs> and activists became leaders. My name is Harvey Milk, and I'm here to recruit you. Slow Burn, Season 9, Gays Against Briggs. Out May 22nd, wherever you listen.
if we lose here, it'll be 50 years before we ever get back up again. Like the drag queens say, take out the earrings, sharpen the nails. There ain't no going back. Bob Beck is not surprised Liz Cheney is fighting former President Donald Trump or her fellow Republicans in Congress. He is surprised that she's putting on such a lackluster reelection campaign back home. I mean, normally, if you're in some hot water and you'd like to get reelected, don't you make every attempt to be at things, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, a lot of football games. And she's been to some of that. But uh, do you do you not show up at major events in the state? Do you not uh, talk to the legislature? Do you not, you know, get out there and, and get with people and have these big forums uh, like her opponent is? And, and that's just not what she's doing. And so I think that's what maybe caught me off guard more. And so I think there's some people that say, well, if she doesn't want to buy, you know, if she's just doing this national stuff, terrific. But if she's not going to come and visit with me, maybe I, I'll look another direction. So I, yeah, I'm not surprised necessarily by the reaction. I think I'm more surprised by the campaign. Hmm. You've mentioned one of the candidates who's running against Liz Cheney, Harriet Hageman. My impression, though, is that the race to unseat Cheney is really crowded. So what does this race look like right now? Oh, it's Hageman is the front runner. Right now, the most important job Republicans have in Washington, D.C. is to stop Nancy Pelosi and the radical Democrats from destroying our country. I'm Harriet Hageman, and I know... You know, she promotes herself a lot. She says, I've fought the federal government my entire life, and that's the kind of stuff people love in Wyoming. We're not real big federal government folks out here. And so she's talked about how she sued the EPA and fought for landowners and has fought for people. And and that's exactly what she should be doing. And so she's running a, a pretty good campaign and and then, you know, takes a few shots at Liz along the way. Uh, she's as adversarial to the Republican Party as is Nancy Pelosi. She's not representing the state of Wyoming. She's not doing the work that we sent her to Washington, D.C. to do. And, you know, President Trump was very popular in this state, and he had a rally for Harriet Hageman, who's uh, Cheney's opponent, main opponent in this race. And you're going to send the incredible Harriet Hageman to Congress and together we are... And, you know, it was packed. It was one of the biggest outdoor events we've ever had in the state, as far as a rally goes. And please remember that Nancy Pelosi and Schumer and Biden and all of these Democrats are totally against Wyoming and your great source of wealth. The liquid gold right under your feet, it's called energy. So it's basically Harriet Hageman, who Trump then supported uh, against Liz Cheney. Trump seems to really want this race to go a certain way. Oh, he he definitely wants, and he's been targeting her from day one uh, on all of this. And I mean, he interviewed all the potential candidates to run against her. I think mean, flew them out, met with them, and there was four or five people. He eventually settled on Harriet Hageman. I've heard through sources that occasionally he's not been delighted with her, but uh, for the most part, it, it, she's the one who can beat Liz Cheney, so he supports her. So Hakeman's getting support from Trump, support from people locally. Where's Cheney's monetary support coming from? Oh, people like the Ricketts, people, national players. Who are the Ricketts? Uh, they're the, the Ricketts family. It's Ameritrade, I think, is their business, and they are 
big donors. They own the Chicago Cubs. I think it was Pete Ricketts was the governor of Nebraska. Those don't sound like Wyoming people. She's getting some money from Wyoming people, but the big dollars are coming from outside the state. And what does the polling tell you about what's about to happen? Oh, it's telling me that she's in big trouble, Liz Cheney is. Uh, the, we, Wyoming, it's hard for folks who have never been here to understand, but we don't have a lot of big population areas. And so we have only a couple that are over 50,000. And one is Casper, Wyoming. The other one is Cheyenne, Wyoming. And Casper, Wyoming would be where she would have spent quite a bit of her youth. That's where her dad went to high school, her mom went to high school. So I, I have never heard of a candidate losing a major race in our state that didn't, uh, if they won both of those counties, they're usually in, no matter what happens elsewhere. And the fact that she's well behind in both of those tells me that she's in big trouble. Uh, that's, that doesn't look good to me. Okay, so things are looking pretty dire for Liz Cheney. But it seems like her campaign is trying to engineer a victory with crossover voters. How would this work? In Wyoming, you can switch parties on election day. So if I'm a Democrat and I'm registered as a Democrat, I can just show up on election day and say, hi, I want a Republican ballot. I fill a couple of things out, show my ID, and I'm off and running. We also have a, you know, about 18% of our voters generally ID themselves as independents or nonpartisan voters. And, and they could do this too? Yeah, they do it all the time. And a lot of folks identify as libertarians. They may want to vote in this race. And so there is a group who will cross over. The thing is, is if you ever look at our registration numbers, it's just amazing. It's like two-thirds of the folks who vote are Republicans in the state. And so the crossover isn't going to really get the job done. Huh. Uh, she's going to have to have uh, a lot of people vote for her on the Republican side that are currently registered Republicans. She's, it's going to be the Republicans that are going to get her the win. Liz Cheney won overwhelmingly here in Wyoming in 2020 with more than 68% of the vote. But that was before she voted for impeachment and before the January 6th committee. I talk to Democrats all the time, and I and I and I do see people that are putting signs up in their yard for Liz Cheney, and they're going to vote for her. And I and they're people I know very well, and I tease them, and I say, y you know, she doesn't support anything you support. <laughs> you know, she's she there there. If you guys sat on a bar, you wouldn't agree on nine subjects. Uh, you know, uh, if you had ten topics, so. This is the one thing that's different. But for a lot of people, they, they're going to support her just on the principle thing. And we don't have a strong Democratic candidate. Um, and so that's one of the reasons this is happening now. Looking at Cheney, she seems really consistent. Like she hasn't moderated her tone in any way. Nope. I just wonder, as a politician, what you think she's setting herself up for here other than defeat. 
in this race? Oh, I think she's got uh, potentially a, a run for president in her. I think she's got, uh, or a vice, vice president, but I, I do think she's got higher aspirations. She's not denied it when asked about it. I, I just, I, I, I sometimes think that this commission has just really taken her focus. This is what she wants to do. If I lose, oh well, that's, a, that's just part of it. Uh, but I think she really wants to do, and she just strongly believes this is the right thing to do. And then uh, she very well may throw her hat in the ring and become a presidential candidate, if anything, just to get on the same stage with him and <laughs> let's go. With Trump. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I, and I think she might enjoy that. And so I wouldn't be at all surprised if she ran for president just for that opportunity or worked very hard for another candidate just to beat him. It's interesting. I was going to ask whether you thought Cheney really had a chance against Trump, who's widely anticipated to declare in the fall, or Ron DeSantis, who's talked about as the other major candidate on the Republican side. It sounds like what you're saying, though, is that it almost doesn't matter. Like, she just wants to get in there, and she's spoiling for a fight. Well, the the statement she always makes is, I want to keep Donald Trump as far away from the White House as possible. And so... If it was DeSantis, it's DeSantis, but she just does not want Trump to have an opportunity to be reelected. She doesn't want him to be the Republican nominee, and she will do whatever it takes to stop that from happening. And so that's where I think her focus is on these hearings. She would like something to come of them. If that doesn't happen, she'll just go after them on the campaign stage and and support people who do have an opportunity to win. Again, supporting somebody like DeSantis doesn't surprise, wouldn't surprise me at all. So again, she's very conservative. And so she's somebody that uh, very well could support any of these other candidates, just not him. When was the last time you interviewed Cheney? I talked to her when we were at the debate. I'm supposed to talk to her next week. What do you most want to ask her? What the hell are you doing? You know, uh, why Why did you not, uh, have you not campaigned uh, harder might be one of the questions I will ask. And then just kind of what happened to you, do you think? Why have people turned on you? I think those are the things I would just like to get her take on. Yeah, those are my questions too. Bob Beck, I'm super grateful for your time. I feel like I learned a lot. Thanks. Thank you. Bob Beck is the news director of Wyoming Public Radio. You can follow him on Twitter at ButterBob. <laughs> I used to be called that in high school. And <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> I was smooth like butter on the basketball court. All right, that's the show. If you're a fan of What Next, do what Stephanie from Durham, North Carolina did. She signed up to support us by joining Slate Plus. And then she tweeted about it. That's how I know about Stephanie. Stephanie, we are so grateful. And now it is your turn. Go on over to slate.com slash whatnextplus to join us. What Next is produced by Elena Schwartz, Mary Wilson, Carmel Del Shad, and Madeline Ducharme. We are getting a ton of support right now from Anna Rubinova, Anna Phillips, and Jared Downing. We are led by Alicia Montgomery and Joanne Levine. And I'm Mary Harris. I will be back in this feed bright and early tomorrow. Catch you then. This is the story of The One. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Coming soon from Slate Podcasts. So, first it was Dade County. Voters in the Miami area repealed civil rights for gay people by a two-to-one margin. In the late 1970s, Cities around the country began rolling back anti-discrimination laws that protected gay people. And then it was Wichita, St. Paul, Eugene. Successful campaigns against the gay community, which shocked us all. A state senator from California watched the laws fall and saw an opportunity. Homosexuality is a most repulsive lifestyle. His name was John Briggs, and he wanted to deliver the anti-gay movement its biggest prize yet. California realized that they were coming for us. I'm Christina Cotarucci. This season on Slow Burn, we'll explore how a nationwide backlash against gays and lesbians led to a massive showdown in California. Now it's something called Proposition 6, the Briggs Initiative. It would call for firing any teachers in California who practice homosexuality. Your life as you knew it would be destroyed. We've got to fight back. We can't let this happen in California. The Briggs Initiative would be the first statewide vote on gay rights. With so much at stake, young people became activists. We were all coming out all day long, every day. (laughs) And activists became leaders. My name is Harvey Milk, and I'm here to recruit you. Slow Burn, Season 9, Gays Against Briggs. Out May 22nd, wherever you listen. If we lose here, it'll be 50 years before we ever get back up again. Like the drag queens say, take out the earrings, sharpen the nails, there ain't no going back.